How are you doing, my lovely? I am fucking wonderful now that I see your beautiful face and your skeleton sweatshirt. It's recording time. And your skeleton time. shirt situation. I have a We're matchy matchy. We are very matchy. We're in the spirit here. I have a little skeleton in the pocket of my shirt here. He's hanging it's out. so cute. I love it. It's pretty cute. Amazon, baby. I mean, there you go. That Jeffrey Bezos, he's onto something. <sighs> he fucking knows how to get me. He knows the way to my heart. <laughs> We got to hang out in person. We did get to hang out in person. We got to be scared together in person, which was a bonding yeah. experience in and of itself. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and uh, we were there with a friend of ours, Deb. Hey, girl. Deb! Uh, we went to this really fun, like, Halloween-y thing. It was like a haunted cocktail soiree. And there was, like, different haunted houses and stuff in there. And Deb got to witness firsthand that while we run a horror podcast... <laughs> We are absolutely scaredy cats. <laughs> I never claimed to be anything else. I she was literally bo- fucking yeah. same. She knew. Deb, you knew. Yeah. Thank you Deb for protecting knew. us though, because she absolutely. was amazing. And she was honestly like the only way I got through like the rest of the uh the magpie portion. The of little our magpie evening. run. Absolutely. So there we were in this haunted house where it, it was simple but effective. Basically it was a, a very large space uh almost warehouse-esque with different rooms and in every room there was a mirror and you had to look in the mirror and say we don't even know we couldn't even I... nail the one line amy can everyone else was... seemed to get it but i was the only one who consistently <laughs> every time i was like i got it no i got it still wrong somehow <laughs> I, like, I don't know <laughs> i believe the line was that you had to say to the mirror was little magpie little magpie where are you hiding yes and I kept but saying, I like, kept where saying, can I find you or something? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So uh, we did not, you know, what's what's the, the parlance of our times? It's like, uh, we did not understand the assignment. We no. Kept fucking it up, for nope. sure. We did not nail and it. And then Deb kept being like, no. <laughs> what the fuck was, uh, we're not even, at least I wasn't wasted um, at that point. Because it, it's pretty early in the evening. And... You know, like if if you watch horror films, like you know the tropes, you know you see the door, you know that they're where they're hiding very specifically. Yes, you know where the jump scare is. So we're very aware of that, and we're still like screaming our fucking faces off. I and mean, it's dark and scary and like abandoned looking, and yeah, it is. And Deb is like was born without a fuck. She's like cool as a cucumber. She's like waving. Amy She's like hi, like laughing. Hi. Like, I like your yeah. bear suit. Meanwhile, Monique and I are screaming our heads off and Literally running. our heads off. Like, they're probably like, these girls are being murdered. Uh, and <laughs> later later on in the evening, we were chatting with some people. And they were talking about that, that because there's two haunted houses there, that haunted house specifically. And they're like, oh my God, what about the room where the bear chases you? And we're like, yeah, we didn't get to that part. Because as soon as the bear showed up in the hallway, I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> And the bear just like, you know, consent complied, was like, okay, okay. she said no. I will respect <laughs> Respectful. that. Respectful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, bear of my nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was so fun. It was so much fun uh, to do something fun and spooky and Halloween-y and, and to hang out with you and see your gorgeous face. Same. I had the fucking yeah. best time. It was really it well was done. Best. I think we were both like very pleasantly surprised with like how Absolutely. impressive it was. Yeah. Not, yeah, not to and, mention the venue is just awesome. Uh, so beautiful. Totally. Yeah, really beautiful. I've been to that venue before, but only on like the first floor. I didn't, I've never gone to the other floors. Uh, it was really beautiful. And th- there was a cocktail. There's like five cocktails included in our ticket price. Yeah. And they were 
in smaller cups. And we're like, what the fuck is this? But like two of them knocked you on your ass for sure. It's like, oh shit. They were really good. Yeah. They're real good. It's a great time. I had a fucking blast. Yeah. And we're like, uh, this is a business outing. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) This is work, you guys. Thanks. Yeah. And I was like, um, yeah, because I texted you something before and you're like, I want to say something sexual, but I feel like this is inappropriate because this is technically a business outing. And I was like, we don't, we don't have an HR department, man. That's very true. Sex it up all the way, baby. (laughs) It's like, I don't even remember what it was, but I'm sure it was very sexual. Probably. I mean, Ah. that's our, that's our vibe. That's yeah. That's generally our MO. Yeah. Yeah. I also, a thing that's been reinforced to me lately is that I think I'm just really fucked up because or not of the norm well i knew that we knew i guess yeah. i knew that but we're aware uh, monique so i i finished squid game okay I really yay good i really enjoyed it and it's funny because you and several other people were like it's very gruesome and i was like okay and then i was like um it's not that gruesome it? i was like i don't think so <laughs> it's pretty bloody sure i mean i guess i guess what i consider gruesome is more like uh, as the the term that I was introduced to recently, body horror. So things like hostile, to like me. torture and like yeah. torture and like tendons and things like that. That's very gruesome. To yeah, me. I agree. That's, um, that's kind of but my like line. blood and like like mass casualties. I'm like, who gives a fuck? Yeah, that's um, fine. That's you know child's play. And so I went to go see uh, right after we hung out. I went to go see Daniel Sloss. He's a brilliant. Scottish comedian, and I love him. And if you haven't seen Dark and Jigsaw on Netflix, fucking watch it. It'll change your life. It's incredible. So I was there, and I got there a little bit early because I had a meet and greet ticket situation, a book signing, his book out. Uh, Everyone You Hate is Gonna Die. Wonderful title. I love that. It's fucking great. So I was, the people next to me, we just started chatting, and, you know, it was like, oh, have you ever seen him live? Blah, blah, blah. Have you like gone out in the last 18 months? And, uh, and I guess they were like, because we'd gotten there a bit early. They're like, you know, if, if there's space, we won't be like on your dick, like, we'll, yeah. like, you know, spread out. And I was like, I really don't, I think it's probably sold out because no one's been doing anything for over a year. So we were talking about like different comedians we had seen recently. And you're like, I've basically I seen about, everybody. Thanks. I saw everyone <laughs> in one night. You're welcome. NBD. I'm amazing. <laughs> so, you know, uh, and then I brought up Bo Burnham's uh, special Inside yeah. on Netflix, which is also incredible. If you haven't seen Bo Burnham's Inside, it's a fucking work of art. It's fucking amazing. And then they they said the thing that consistently everyone has said about it of it's really dark. And I just, I'm like, am I really fucked up? Because I didn't find it to be dark it's, at all. It's kind of dark. It is kind of weird that you don't think it is, actually. I don't. I'm just like, it's very... Like, that's what it is. I don't, I was like, that's what it is. That's what it is to be an artist and not be able to do the thing you want to do. And that's what it is to make art. It's very difficult. But he also talks a lot about other things. And he talks about basically how, like, the world is fucked, kind of, and we can't come back from that and, like, all the awful things that are, like, wrong with the world and stuff. To me, I'm like, like, that's very dark. That's the lie, though. (laughs) No, no, it's true. Monique. I guess I. I guess that's where I'm fucked up about it. This is like me not getting upset about being in a simulation and you that being like deeply upsetting for you. It's, it's deeply like, upsetting. Yeah. It's fine. Like, I don't get why you're that upset about it. Like, it might be a simulation. Might not. Whatever. No, but I, I was talking about this with this woman and she was like, no, I literally Googled, is Bo Burnham okay after I watched the special? And I was like, I didn't 
I'm the only person I think who didn't feel this way. I was like, yeah, I get it. That a lot of things are terrible. They are. I mean, I get it too, but I just I can also acknowledge that it is it's very dark and very emotional for a lot of people. I don't think it's odd. I don't think it's like people are sure. like looking into it too much and like taking something away from it that's not there and therefore perceiving it as dark when it's not. I think it is intentionally dark. You know, I think maybe it's that I just am very comfortable living there in that space all you're the always, time. You're dark always, yeah. So I guess that that's why I it wasn't like shocking to me or like re- deeply emotional in that sense for me. I was just like, yeah, totally. I guess so. Life's hard, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I'm just trying to... to put together why I'm so fucked up apparently and deviate from everyone else oh I just have stopped thinking about that a long time ago <laughs> I just roll with it embrace it I'm like I'm fucked up as shit let's do this I guess I yeah I don't know I guess it, it just keeps being like reinforced like it will like, never think, uh, stop Monique no. I yeah I know I'm aware of that and so like so it's so to have like Squid Game and that like back to back of like you're literally the only person who feels this way. I was like, oh, huh, interesting. Yeah, I agree with you with the gory portion though. I, I, it was I acknowledge that it's very bloody, but to me that's not like upsetting gore necessarily. Yes, that's I agree. Yes, yes. but I do feel the it's need like, to like warn people like, hey, it is very gory. Like there's lots of blood and mass casualties. Yes. And- and sociopolitical things that are very... I see, I find the sociopolitical stuff more upsetting than, like, the blood. That's fair. Which I think should be That should point. be the case, yeah. I think that is... I think that's totally and the I case. And I read a really stupid article afterwards. Um, because when I like something, I'm like, I need to find out everything I can about it. <laughs> it's my obsessive it's like, Which nature, I love about so. you, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Because then you'll tell me all um, the things. I love you. Yes. And... So I read this really stupid article about, so the show ends and there's, you know, twists and reveals and whatnot. And for me, there's certain ones that were very apparent a couple episodes in. I'm like, okay, that's who these people are going to be and that's whatever. But there's a really big one, the really big reveal that happens. I did not see coming which I, I would imagine is the point. Case, yeah, for most a, people. Yeah. Twist, if you did, right? like, damn. Yeah, I'm not a wonderkind. We yeah. covered this. So I read a really fucking stupid article that was like, after the reveal, episode six, which if you've seen it, episode six is very intense and emotional, yep. is emotionally manipulative. And I just wanted to hit up this dude and be like, um... Yeah, hi. It's not real. It's all emotionally manipulative. Yes. None of this is real. You understand that that's the point of the show is to manipulate your emotions and to make you feel a thing for characters that aren't actually real, that are played by actors. I'm sorry, critic, if you're just now (laughs) putting together that none of this is real and that these stories have been crafted by screenwriters and by actors and their performance to make you feel something so you give a shit about the thing that's happening to the imaginary thing that's happening to this imaginary people i'm sorry that you're like middle-aged and are just now fucking putting this together but all of it's emotionally manipulative that's literally I don't know what the, fuck to tell you. the point yes that's the fucking point right? i was like <laughs> I'm, I'm like personally offended by this article and how fucking stupid it is that's so fucking dumb i can't get over and that and it was like a legitimate publication. I'm like, how did your editor be like, run it? Absolutely. You're amazing. You're like, like too dumb to insult, actually. Yes. Seriously. But that being said, I really enjoyed Squid Game. 
Good. Uh, yeah, I thought it was really good. Season two, I think, is it's not official, but like, let's be fucking real. Um, they set it the fuck up, so they better fucking do it. Big yeah. time. I'm ready to uh, see a million fucking Squid Game I was Halloween just costumes. Gonna fucking say. I was just gonna say. Yep. I was talking to someone who uh, over the weekend who, I guess, watched Squid Game right before everyone else did. Okay. So he he started it like before the Squid Game forever, and he spoke to his friends like, "Oh, this is what we should do for Halloween." And then I was like, no, we can't. like now everyone's everyone gonna do is going to do, do that. that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, some people better. I don't want everyone to be like, everyone's going to do that. And then nobody does it because I'll be pissed. I need to see at least one, one Squid Game themed costume. I mean, did I look up the tracksuits? Yeah. Yeah, of absolutely. course. Am I like, of course you did. And yes. it's like, what number am I going to be? Like, that's the thing. Because you got 69, obviously. I mean, you know. <laughs> no. Because well, I. Because they're number I one. They, Come on. Yeah, because they have. The, I think it's number one. Four fifty six. Four fifty six. Two eighteen and sixty seven. I yeah. think are the numbers that they offer. So I don't know. But am I probably going to have like a Squid Game tracksuit? Yeah. At some point. Okay. Do I make poor choices? Uh, poor financial choices? Absolutely. Disagree, Monique. Disagree. <laughs> uh, you got your costume though, and it's not that correct. Uh, it's coming in today. Ooh, yeah, a lot of my stuff's coming in today, too. Not all of it, but... I can't wait to see it. I know. I can't wait. I'm excited. I have not told you what it is, correct? No. I don't think don't I've actually tell told anybody. Yeah. I haven't told anyone mine either. I know. I was going to um, say, I almost asked her, then I was like, no, I want to be surprised. Yeah, no. It, it's it's definitely a vibe. Is it actually a costume, or is it like it is. a themed clothing no. situation? No, it's okay. a costume. Are you going to be a sexy nun to go with your... Uh, your sexy priest from Midnight Mass. Oh my god! Um, no, I've I've never been. I well, you've I never been a sexy nun. You definitely no. should have at some point. I de- well, I deeply appreciate it when I see it. The like latex yes. nuns. Uh, I've never been. A, I I feel that's a, just a, a touch too blasphemous for me. I feel my life is blasphemous enough. I don't need to that's put on the fair. sexy nun outfit. That's you know fair. What I mean? Uh. I guess I but, have to put on the sexy nun outfit one of these years. There, that's what you got to okay. do. That's what you got to do. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but mine's coming in and like uh, costumes that are of the uh, sluttier persuasion, which I tend to be a bit of a fan of, uh, tend to be tough for someone who's as long as I am. Oh, because yeah. everything's like pre-sized kind of? It's Is pre-sized that, yeah. to like normal person height. Uh, so I've definitely bought things that were like like a dress and it's like literally my badge is out oh no it's like yeah normal torso people so uh this is something in, in that vein oh okay so i gotta see like how it works on my proportions we'll see it's coming in today okay allegedly today allegedly allegedly <laughs> as per the tracking as like, per you're getting into GPS. the true crime already i love it <laughs> like allegedly this costume i hope i hope it works out because i hope it works out because i think it'd be i'm excited you guys can't see monique's face right now but she's like kind of giddy about it and like there's like this like mischievousness to it so i'm very i'm very excited yeah because the thing is i'm working uh during this party so that that was also a factor yeah a factor like i can't have things with gloves because i have to like wash glasses and i have to i don't want like a ton of makeup because I'm also catching a flight the next morning and I don't want to deal with that shit like two in the morning of yeah. taking all that off. So it was like trying to find something that was cool 
that I really liked and like kind of spoke to me, but also didn't require a ton of makeup because the last several years, the costumes I've done have been very makeup heavy. Okay. So I think, I think this, if it fits and I don't look terrible in it, this is it. If not, then I'll just recycle an old one. Okay. Okay. You're very prepared. It's not that serious. Yeah, I'm prepared. And it's very cool because, because I'm hosting this costume party with different categories at my bar. And the more I invite people and tell them the categories, the more they're like brainstorming about it. And people are really giving a fuck. And I love that as someone who cares about everything all the time at an 11. It's very exciting to me. And I can't wait. I can't wait. To see everyone. I already pulled the trigger on a costume before I found out there was a costume contest. However, I'm still excited. I still think. No, because one of the categories is judge's choice. Ooh. I think I have it in with the judge, too. Okay. I mean, you know. Hey. I don't want favoritism. No nepotism, Monique. I'm not. No, absolutely not. I want to win of my own merit because I went ham. But you're also someone who doesn't fuck around, so I know. I don't fuck around. Uh, I actually had, I'm going to tell you, an amazing idea for a Halloween costume that I realized I would have to actually physically sew the costume. So I was like, I'm not going to do that, but I'm definitely keeping it in mind for a future year because yes. I am obsessed with the movie My Cousin Vinny, and I, ran, and I randomly fucking caught it the other day, and I forgot how fucking amazing Marissa Tomei's outfits are in that movie. I want to wear 10, that like velvet floral jumpsuit yes. that she wears. Yes, yes, I know exactly <gasps> what you're talking about. I did I search for like floral velvet stretch fabric for like three hours on Etsy one night? Yes, because I'm an insane person. So no, you you're someone who's nailing life, my friend. Maybe fucking Lulu. Maybe next year. Maybe at some point, but I think that's a fucking Or maybe just idea. like as part of your life, like be like right? this jumpsuit. I might just need this that part jumpsuit. Of my life. So yeah, I was a little, yeah, I thought you would be. I was like, Monique would really appreciate this costume too. Absolutely. It's literally one of the episode titles is my cousin Vinny quote. Yes. A hundred accurate. Dead on bulls accurate. Oh, so good. Anything else? I don't know. I'm just fucking looking forward to this costume party. I'm so excited. Oh my god, me too. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <sighs> I know. And I'm also, it's one of those things like now I'm like putting like the uh, Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny, I'm like putting all these like other ideas in my back pocket. In your like back pocket. next year. Yeah, like, maybe. that's good too. Or like, oh, I thought of that. Okay. I love it. Oh my god. I'm so excited. I haven't dressed up for Halloween, honestly, like probably since I was in college. So like, Holy I'm shit. really excited. Yeah. Getting back on the wagon here. Yep. I mean, and I know that you're going to fucking do it up. Uh, I'm going to fuck around. A little crazy. We'll see. We'll see. I'm so fucking excited. (laughs) I can't even handle it. One, you guys don't realize, like, Amy and mine's friendship is not manufactured in any way. It's completely genuine. And when we hang out, it's and not have to deal with, like, I don't want to say not have to deal with the podcast. Of course, we love doing the podcast, but it is work. Yes. So when we hang out and we're not doing work and just hanging out, it's such a fucking joy and it's so fucking wonderful. Oh my God, it's so true. Because because you're just a delight, you're which a is delight. why we have this podcast. So to have that be the baseline of like Amy Traden and Monique Sanchez are going to be in the same building just fucking hanging out. Yes. And costumes are involved. Yes. Like not even, even 11. You just went up to like a fucking 21. Like shit is Absolutely. fucking going to be amazing. It can legally drink. That's the level of excitement. Yes. (laughs) Speaking of, I'm like super pumped about this Sharknado uh, sangria that I'm going to get when I come to your place. (laughs) I may or may not have been 
No, are they getting rid of it for Halloween? No, no, no. We're okay. not getting rid of it. The thing is, it's at the other bar, but I could totally smuggle you one from. The oh other bar. no, you don't have or to do that. Bar. I'm sure they'll have I like Halloween. Totally do. do you have like Halloween cocktails? What's your jam? So it's a beer. It's a beer and wine spot. And oh, we that's have right. A frosé and a frozen sake lemonade. Oh, girl, say no more. You had me at that frozen comes- sake lemonade. It, it's real good. I really like it. It comes in like a, a glass, like teddy bear, like a honey bear. Oh! I'll, def- I'll definitely smuggle what you want, though. Anyway, I'll be like, this is for me. You're the fucking <laughs> sweetest. I love you. You do not have to smuggle me I sangria, love you. but uh. I absolutely will. Like, it's not, it's done. It's fucking done. <laughs> it's already, it's already smuggled. It's smuggled. All right. It's in orifices. I, I got love you. It. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> I love you so much. This is why. I love you. This is why we do this. You fucking crack me up so much. (laughs) Oh my God. All right. So the real question is, do you have a fucking spooky story to creep me out with? I sure as shit do. And let me tell you guys, this is, I think my third or fourth story that I worked on. Yeah. Because the first several were that situation of like, you hear the story, like, oh my God. And then researching it and then two-thirds into researching it and writing it up it's like oh by the way there's not really proof of this and it's probably bullshit and while i do appreciate those kind of stories this is fucking october guys We're yeah gonna fucking do this shit to you yeah. we need some good shit so got up at five in the morning finish this thing <laughs> to make sure you had what you fucking deserved on the sacredest of holidays and months halloween october i love you so what i'm going to do is I'm going to talk about Daniel Noah's night at the Stanley Hotel. <gasps> oh my God. Okay. I am so excited right now. So sources, Spooked Podcast, wikipedia.com, imdb.com. The Stanley Hotel is a 140 room colonial revival hotel in Estes Park, Colorado, about five miles from the entrance to the Rocky Mountain National Park. It was built by Freeland Oscar Stanley, of Stanley Steamer fame, which I had no fucking oh, idea. Oh, shit. But there you go. I had no idea. Yeah. And opened on July 4th, 1909. Very patriotic. The Stanley was a resort for upper-class Easterners and a health retreat for those suffering of pulmonary tuberculosis. The hotel- Oh, and it's, shit. Right? It's that, like, dry, cool- Oh, um, okay. Air. This yeah, is, like, mountain it, air. You know, said to be very good. Yeah, the mountain air was very good for, for the lungs and all that. The hotel and its surrounding structures are listed on the National Register of Historic Places. And the reason why the Stanley Hotel is famous today is because it served as the inspiration for the Overlook Hotel in Stephen King's 1977 bestselling novel, The Shining. Yes. Yes. In a 1977 interview with the Literary Guild, Stephen King recounted, quote, While we were living in Boulder, we heard about this terrific old mountain resort hotel and decided to give it a try. But when we arrived... They were just getting ready to close for the season, and we found ourselves the only guests in the place, with all those long, empty corridors, end quote. King and his wife were served dinner in an empty dining room, accompanied by canned orchestral music. He said, quote, except for our table, all the chairs were on the tables, so the music is echoing down the hall, and I mean, it was like God had put me there to hear that and see those things, end quote. After his wife went to bed, King roamed the halls and went down to the hotel bar, where drinks were served by a bartender named Grady. As he returned to his room, numbered 217, 
His imagination was fired up by the hotel's remote location, its grand size, and its eerie desolation. And when King went back to his room and pulled back the pink curtain for the tub, which had claw feet, he thought, quote, What if somebody died here? And by the time I went to bed that night, I had the whole book in my mind, end quote. Oh my God, that gave me chills, weirdly. Right? Oh, I love that's it. That's fucking great, yeah. In the years following the publication of The Shining, the Stanley Hotel gained a reputation as being one of the most haunted hotels in America. The hotel offers guided ghost tours and has hosted numerous paranormal investigators and has been featured on Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures. It also hosts an annual horror film festival called the Stanley Film Festival, and that's how, in 2014, film producer Daniel Noah, known for producing such horror standouts as Mandy and A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, found himself at the infamous Stanley Hotel. Daniel says, quote, I'm a filmmaker. I've always had an incredible fascination with tales of the supernatural since I was a little boy, but I was a real non-believer. I was what you would call a hardcore skeptic. I didn't think any of it was real, end quote. Right out the gate, I'm like obsessed. When it's like, I wasn't into this. This is bullshit. Yes. Obsessed. So Daniel, his friends are all staying at the Stanley for this film festival. And they're all staying up late and talking and hanging out when they get a call from another friend that they're going to play the Ouija board in one of the rooms. And <sighs> if we learned anything, no. and especially after our PSA last week from Grace, don't play with a fucking Ouija board. Did they not get Grace's memo? God they damn did it. not. Because, a bitch. because this is seven years after the fact. Uh, Damn you, Pazuzu. Daniel said, quote, My friends who love this kind of stuff wanted to go up and do it, and I thought it was ridiculous. I didn't believe in Ouija boards. I thought they were silly, and I didn't really want to do it, but I went along for the ride. End quote. So Daniel and his friends get to the room, and there are 15 people in the large room. And they're all hanging out and drinking and listening to music when the Ouija board comes out. Daniel says, quote, it wasn't the Hasbro Ouija board. It was a Ouija board that had been made by a local artist. The planchette. Ooh. Which that like freaked me out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's got like their like, like juju. energy and vibe. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 This is not it's not just like the Parker Brothers bullshit that just came off of a fucking assembly line exactly. by a machine. Yeah. No. Exactly. The planchette Ooh. wasn't plastic. It was bone? God damn yeah. it. I mean, okay, fuck, sorry, that'd no. be amazing. Or not. Or terrifying. I don't know. Column A, column All B, above. right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Depends on how weird you are, I guess. <laughs> Depends on how fucked up you are, like me, apparently, yeah. which yeah. is just the, the baseline. It was like a wood material, and you know, everything was handmade, wasn't manufactured in any way. The directions were written in cursive, you know, on a piece of paper, end quote. So of the group, four people get on the board and they start saying, if there's a spirit here, please make yourself known. And nothing is happening. Like, it's total dead. Nothing's happening. Okay. Daniel says, quote, And I'm sitting in the corner, rolling my eyes, and nothing happens, and thinking it's goofy, and wishing that we would stop so we could just get back to hanging out and catching up and not wasting time on this silly toy. End quote. Which, I totally feel this. This is how I feel about going to a party and people bringing out a game. I'm like, we could actually just be having a conversation and just getting... Not even just getting to know each other, just like actually doing something that's interesting to me instead of playing like, like, no, you, it's your turn. I don't give a fuck about my turn. I would rather spend this time talking to you. So I totally yes. feel all of this. Daniel and I, uh, other than him being a hardcore skeptic at this point, are very simpatico about this because it's like, 
we're hanging out in a hotel. Like, why the fuck are we playing this game? So the first four grow up, nothing is happening. He's like, this is bullshit. Then someone in the group suggests that a different set of four people should get on the board and try. So the new group gets up, they go on, they try and nothing. And again, they said, okay, let's try another group. So Daniel goes up. He said, quote, it was myself and three other people whom I know very, very well. Almost immediately, the planchette started moving. (gasps) And this is one of those things that is very difficult to explain to someone who wasn't there. End quote. He goes on to say, quote, I understand how Ouija boards are purported to work, that you're all moving them unconsciously or someone's doing it deliberately to have fun with everyone, or you're all doing it without realizing it. This was different. Our fingers were on the planchette, but it was moving with such force and precision that I immediately could not understand what was happening. And I was looking at these three people going, is one of my close friends trying to trick everyone? And how? How are they doing this? Because I'm looking and everyone's fingers are just sort of lightly hovering. No one's got a grip on the thing, but this thing is, it's moving with incredible force and precision. It felt like being pulled. There's not a doubt in my mind that I was not pushing this thing, end quote. So all this is going on in Daniel's head, but he's not saying anything or freaking out because truth be told, he's uncomfortable as fuck. And in the episode of Spooked where he tells this story, And he says that he's uncomfortable. He lets out a little laugh, which to me, it's very interesting because it, it reads like that micro expression of like a defense mechanism. Yeah. You know, like when you, like I'm super uncomfortable, so I'm going to laugh to kind of like cover that up. Like even in his recounting it, he lets out a little laugh to me that that is almost like proof of like how uncomfortable he was. Even now, like talking about it, he, has to do something to kind of like deal with just talking about this experience, which I think is um, very interesting and telling. Yeah. So someone else is the one talking and leading the seance and someone who wasn't actively playing on the board was transcribing everything that the board had spelled out onto some hotel stationery. Afterwards, Daniel took a photo of the notes with everything that was communicated on the board so that there's an exact record of everything that was said that night. The first word that came through on the board was dad. The second was mom. The third word was sorry. Oh my God. Right? I just got chills saying that. I got chills. Yeah, fuck. And then the board just started repeating words. It spelled out go, mom, mom, no, swim, mom, mom, swim, swim, swim. Then somebody asked the spirit to spell out her name, and she spelled out A-V-E. Daniel said, quote, at no point did she ever say, I'm a girl. We all just knew. End quote. <gasps> right? Weird. Okay. Yeah. The board went back to spelling out gibberish again and eventually came back to the word lake, repeatedly spelling out the word lake and swim. Someone in the group asked her, did you drown in the lake? Yes. Then someone asked, were you drowned in the lake? <gasps> and the board spelled out, mom. Oh my God. Yeah. Full body chills right literally, now. Literally. <sighs> so all this is happening. And granted, it's, you know, four of them are playing. It's 15 people. 11 people are watching this. Holy shit. And people are starting to freak out. They're like, 
<laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Daniel says, quote, the other thing that's happening is that she's devolving into this repetition of the word swim, swim, swim. The planchette. And again, when he says this, he starts like laughing. Like the, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like no, okay, like, yeah. He's like, the planchette, I know how crazy this sounds. The planchette started to spin. It felt like chaos. It felt like this girl was drowning in real time. End quote. Wow. Right? I can't even fucking imagine. That's so crazy. That's one of those things that, because I was like, okay, what would I do if this was happening? My knee-jerk reaction would be to bolt. I was like, I'm not doing this. But I think part of me would be so, like, intrigued and fascinated because I've never experienced anything like this. I'd be like, I, I need to see where this, like, how this plays out because this is fucking crazy. Yeah. So someone asked the board, is there anything you want to tell us? Hide. <gasps> what? And when the person asked from what, the board spelled out him. Oh, my God. No. Mm-hmm. Daniel said, quote, that point, half of the people in the room left. Uh, some of them. <laughs> yeah. Hi, that's me. Thanks. <laughs> I'm like, going to go with them. Cool. I'm going to nope the You're fuck on your out own. Some of them were furious because they thought that we were playing a prank and they didn't appreciate it. What everyone in that room felt that night, even the people that were angry and leaving, was happening on a cellular level, you know? You hear people say, I felt the hair on the back of my neck stand up. It was that kind of feeling. Something was happening that was absolutely undeniable. End quote. So someone asked the board, is there anything that you would like us to do? And the board answered, follow. What? And like, follow, follow where? Like, what the fuck? And then the planchette spelled out three, two, four. <gasps> and then that was it. The planchette stopped moving. The spirit was gone. Like, it was done. And Daniel said it felt like someone had turned off a static electricity machine because as soon as the energy was gone, they all felt their bodies relax. However, that was short-lived because it was at that moment that Daniel realizes she wants us to go to room 324. Yes, correct. And it's the wee hours of the morning at this point. It's like 3 a.m. And a small group of those who are left decide to cautiously venture to room 324 to see if they find anything. Daniel says, quote, so we circle up the stairs, and as we're ascending to the third floor, there's a couple standing on the landing who are in hysterics. Never seen them before. They're just guests at the hotel. The woman is sobbing hysterically, and the man turns to us as we're coming up the stairs behind them, and he says, don't come up here. <gasps> Shut the fuck up. Yeah. So, of course, we immediately went up there. <laughs> Excuse me, I'll think I'll be I'll be the I'll be the judge of that. of that, sir. Yep. And the woman is like crying, and the guy is, you know, he's red-faced and wide-eyed and pale, and we say, What happened? And they say, We saw something in the hallway. End quote. Oh my god. And the woman is sobbing so hard that she can't catch her breath, so they can't really make out anything that she's saying. So the man responds, it was a tiny figure. And the group asks what did it look like? And the man says, quote, Well, I didn't see it with my eyes. I saw it with my mind. But I think it was a little girl. <gasps> End quote. The group asked where they had seen the little girl. And he said it was down the hallway, but that there was no way. And fuck, he was going to go down the hallway to show them where it was. So at this point, the small group of rogue investigators had dwindled down to just Daniel and one other friend. 
So they tell the man that they're going to walk down the hall and to tell them where to stop when they've hit the spot where he saw the apparition. So the two walked down the hall and when they were stopped, it was in front of room 324. A fucking course it was. A fucking oh, course it my was. God. Daniel said, quote, what will haunt me forever is what would have happened if they hadn't been there because she was waiting for us. <gasps> and would we have seen that little figure? End quote. So the following day, Daniel went down to the hotel basement archive because when you check in, apparently, the concierge will very happily tell you that the hotel is haunted as fuck. And if uh, you yeah. should have, obviously, it's like, hi, here's your room key. Also, <laughs> it's super fucking haunted. Be I give them. ghost tours later. So like, sign up. We give up. ghost tours and it's haunted <laughs> as fuck. And if you do happen to experience something because it's like haunted as fuck, be sure to go down and report it to the archive. So of course, when Daniel checked in, he thought that this was silly, but here we are a few days later. He's at the fucking archive. They, I like that they have like bureaucracy set up in place for this. Like, <laughs> <Exactly>. yes. <laughs> we need to have checks and balances here. <laughs> this is a thing. This is a thing. So he's there a few days later making his own report of his own paranormal experience at the archive. So he goes down and he asks the attendant to pull the folder for room 324. He said, quote, she pulled it out and it was report after report about two children, a boy <gasps> and a girl, who were very sweet, who will pull the covers off the bed or turn the lights on and off or play run around giggling. I didn't know any of this. None of us knew any of this going into this experience. End quote. A couple of weeks after this had happened, one of the people who had been in the room found a small newspaper clipping about a child drowning in a lake close to the hotel. While the name of the little girl who drowned wasn't exact, it was close enough that Daniel thought that Ava could have been her nickname. And the tragedy had occurred at a lake that was adjacent to the property, but that no longer existed by the time that Daniel had gone to stay at the Stanley, which again, none of them knew about, adding even more confirmation to their crazy experience. Daniel said, quote, the events of that night were so undeniable. I won't deny that it was exciting because, of course, it's very exciting to think that there's more out there, that ghosts exist. The significance of that event has sunk in with me, insofar as it was the beginning of what seems to be a new chapter of my life, in which the denial is gone, the skepticism is obliterated, and I now consider myself what they call a sensitive. End quote. Oh my god, I fucking love that. I know. And Daniel Noah has a really wonderful podcast. It only had one season, sadly, called Visitations that he does with his best friend and co-producer, Elijah Wood. Shut the fuck up. That's yeah. wild. Yeah, where they talk to some iconic horror film directors about what scares them. It's really great. And they like... They talked to like John Landis, Taika Waititi, uh, Guillermo del Toro, Mike Flanagan. It's a really, really wonderful podcast. Uh, it's called Visitations. Only one season. Highly, highly recommend it. And that is the story of Daniel Noah's stay at the Stanley Hotel. Holy fucking shit, dude. Yeah. <sighs> I don't like any of that. I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> I was like, yeah. creepy children, Ouija boards, like they covered it oh, all. Yeah, had it all. 
Yeah, I looked up, I tried to find uh, something about the drowning. I couldn't find anything. Also, it's important to note that the people in this group are like filmmakers and, you know, they have access to like microfiche and shit. Uh, yeah. I, I don't. I have the Google machine and a library. So, um, but that's one of those, I would love to go to the Stanley and literally just like spend a day in the archives. Yeah, and, like, fuck yeah. Every every report that people have have put in and seeing like what are the similarities, what are the differences? Yeah. If anyone has gone to the Stanley, <gasps> let us and fucking been to know. the archives. Yes. Oh my god, let us fucking know. That would be amazing. I'm just like having this moment where I'm like, I mean, granted, that's like anecdotal evidence, but sure. that's like kind of a wealth of data of like hauntings that we just yeah. ignore because it's anecdotal. Totally. Yeah. Even though it, I mean, it's not like reproducible in the sense that like everyone can experience this, but it's right. The scientific in the sense method or whatever. That, yeah, but it's reproducible in the sense of like that everyone's seeing these similar figures, yes. and it's like it seems to be this same energy or whatever the mm-hmm. situation is. Yeah, that's just always so interesting to me. So fascinating. Yeah, and the thing that was very interesting to me was the guy's description of, I didn't see it with my eyes, but I saw it with my mind. Mind. I don't know if, well, I guess you haven't. I've definitely had that experience of, like, I very viscerally see a thing, but it's it's not in my eyes. Like, I, there was a hotel I stayed in in New Orleans a few years ago, and there was that situation happening of, uh, like, my bed would shake in the middle of the night, like someone was, you know, shaking it. And I could very viscerally, in my mind's eye, see a man in a blue suit, like, hanging from the ceiling. Oh, my God. Stop. But, like, not, like, I guess not hanging, but, like, on the ceiling. Okay. So not, like, hanging from a noose on the ceiling. Not hanging from a noose, necessarily, but, like, but that positioning. Okay. And I could tell you exactly the spot it was. I could tell you it was blue suit. But I knew the person wasn't there. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I don't really have a good experience to relate to this. I haven't really had anything. Yeah. I don't know. I really like this story because I didn't necessarily want to cover the Stanley Hotel because everyone has done it. Yes. But I thought this very specific story was, it just checked all my boxes. Like, ghost children, Ouija, very notoriously haunted place. Yes. Haunted archives. I love it. Haunted archives. What the fuck else do you want in your life? Yes. My God. That's it. Amazing. (laughs) Uh, Well, that was amazing and really creepy. And I'm very uncomfortable now, Monique. I don't know what else to say. (laughs) Thank you. And you're welcome. I'm like, again, I'm clutching my pearls. Like, uh, I love it. I'm I'm very much rethinking the fact that I agreed to play with a Ouija board with you. (laughs) That's what I'm really thinking. I'm like, how do I get out of this? (laughs) I mean... If Donna's going to be there, she's like, nothing ever happens. And remember, she was that's devastated. That's what I always say, too. Yeah. She was devastated that she wasn't getting, like, ghost choked out at this fucking restaurant in Salem. That she was the only one who was like, fine. <laughs> they like, nothing ever like fucking me. happens to me. Bullshit. I get bullshit. it, Donna. I get it. <laughs> I wouldn't want it to happen to me until I was the only one it wasn't happening to. And then I'd be like, this is fucking ridiculous. I feel left out. Yeah. Why, Why is aren't this my I life? the cool kids? Yes. Thank you. This ghost is picking me last for dodgeball, and I'm not here for it. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, God All damn right. it. That was so fucking good, dude. I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, of course, Spooked Podcast is fucking great. I'm yeah. so behind on it. I'm, like, two seasons behind, but check it out. Glenn Washington is fucking nailing it. So good. Mm, so good. 
So, crime time. What do we got, crime baby? Crime time. All right. So, obviously, this one's going to be rough. Yes. Like, really rough. So, uh-huh. like a million trigger warnings. Um, got it. If that's not bad enough, uh, it's also going to be really fucking infuriating by the end of it. So, Oh, no. Yeah. So, you'll have that to add as a little extra spice to the top. You're welcome. Yep. You did this to yourself. You're listening to us. <laughs> And we did this to ourselves. Yes. I'm blaming myself, but I'm blaming slightly you, but I love it. I mean, that's how I feel about every life decision. My day-to-day life is like, I did this to myself. I did this to myself. <laughs> Facts. Uh, all right. Sources. Chillingcrimes.com. People.com. WDRB.com. Findagrave.com. Oxygen.com. CourierJournal.com, NewsAndTribune.com, and WHAS11.com. So, unfortunately, I couldn't find much about Tammy Jo Blanton's life prior to 2014. However, I did find out that Tammy was born and raised in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Her parents were Daryl Harbin and Linda Meeks, and they had four children together, and Tammy was their only daughter. She graduated from Jeffersonville High School in 1986 and went on to work in billing and coding at Zermid. She was a funny, friendly, beautiful young woman who always tried to help others. She had gorgeous blue eyes, the biggest smile, and a larger-than-life personality to match. Mm. According to her friends, Tammy was extremely independent. They described her as a strong person who really had her life together. Mm. This is all red flaggy. I know. I'm setting this up so ominously. Yeah. You know this is going downhill yes. immediately. Ugh. I'm sorry. I hate guys. this already. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm going to apologize a lot through this one, I think. Okay. This was one where I might have – I probably should have looked up some, like, fun animal facts or something <laughs> to, like, sprinkle oh, no. in. And I didn't. Oh, so no. now you're just, like – now you just have the magnitude of this the whole time. So Okay. So Apologies. when it gets real bad, just pause the podcast and look up, look up a picture of bunnies or something. Because I guess this is going to get real bad. Some eye bleach. Around May 2014, Tammy, who was 46 at the time, met a 38-year-old man named Joseph Oberhansley. Mm. They hit it off and began dating, but things escalated quickly, and within four weeks, the two were already having issues. Oh, shit. Yep. Those who had met Joseph described him as manipulating and controlling. A friend of Tammy's, who asked to remain anonymous, said, quote, I don't want anyone thinking this was a loving relationship. This oh, was all shit. about sex and control for him. Oh, yep. no. End quote. Yep. Honey. No, yep. no, 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 no. She also said that while she only met Joseph once, she, quote, got a terrible no. gut feeling. End quote. Ugh. Yep. If this is so tough, like, if you have a friend who has a terrible significant other, telling them is never great. Because no, it's it, they're not going to receive it well. It's definitely a shoot the messenger vibe. They might stop talking to you. Oh, I hate that. But yeah. I, I hate it when you meet someone you're like absolutely fucking not, and yes. then your friend's the one dating them. Oh no, I hate this. Okay. Tammy's friend described him as a quote master manipulator and believes that he could sense Tammy's innate desire to help others and took advantage of her caring nature. Oh, I hate this. Yes, we haven't even gotten to the bad part. I know. I know. After just four months of dating, though, Tammy decided to end their tumultuous relationship. Okay. But Joseph refused to accept it. 
He continued to contact Tammy and show up at her house and her oh. job. Yep. And at 2.52... Well, I'm sorry, what's the, what's the time, time period for this? 2014? 2014. Okay. At 2.52 a.m. on September 11th, 2014, police arrived at Tammy's house in Jeffersonville, Indiana, in response mm-hmm. to a 911 call made by Tammy, who said that her ex-boyfriend, Joseph Oberhansley, was right outside her house, nope. beating on her back door <gasps> and refusing to leave. No. Yep. Joseph was still outside when the police arrived, and when they confronted him, he told him that his key wasn't working. They asked to see his ID, but when he showed them, a different home address was listed on his license, not Tammy's address, obviously, because he doesn't fucking live there. Right. Tammy told police that she had ended their relationship and had her locks changed and didn't want him there anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. Joseph was annoyed when the police asked him to leave, complaining that police always side with women, which, um... Fuck you. And they don't. They don't. To exhibit A, stalker story from last fucking week. Yes. They're just like, you sure you didn't fuck them? And it's actually all your fault? Okay, thanks, bye. So, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, dude. Exactly. Fuck you. Yep. (sighs) But despite his annoyance, he told police he would leave. After he did, the police stayed in the neighborhood for a while to make sure he was gone. Well, that's lovely. Thank you, police. Yeah. After leaving Tammy's house, Joseph went home and complained to his mother about what had happened at Tammy's. When Tammy- Is his mom like, don't be a dick, leave the woman alone? I guess not, apparently. I was like, I really couldn't find that much information on that interaction, but she should have been like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, go sit down and I'll make you a grilled cheese and leave that girl alone. Literally. Jesus Christ, yeah. Like- Literally, like, 80% of life's problems can be solved with a grilled cheese. Thank you. That's what I think. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't believe me, fucking eat a grilled cheese right now and tell me you don't feel better. And Right. (laughs) So when Tammy didn't show up for work that morning. No, fuck. I know. Her coworker, Sabrina Hall, called Tammy's phone to check on her. A man answered and told Sabrina that he was Tammy's brother and that she oh was caring for their father God. who was unwell. Yeah. Yep. Uh. But Sabrina's mama didn't raise no fool and Sabrina saw through that bullshit in a fucking second. Mm-hmm. So she immediately called the police and asked them to do a welfare check on Good Tammy. Girl. Yep. Police arrived at Tammy's house around 10 a.m. just a few minutes after Sabrina had made the call. The police that responded were not the same officers mm. who responded to Tammy's 911 call earlier that morning, however, because it was like a different, different shift. Different shift, yeah. Yep. They noticed that Tammy's car was still in the driveway, but when they knocked on the front door, a man answered, who officers said seemed, quote unquote, nervous. He told them that his name was Joe, but when he was asked to provide identification, he claimed he didn't have it on him. Mm-hmm. They then asked to speak with Tammy, but he said that she wasn't home and that he didn't know where she was. Police ordered him to come out of the house, and when he did, they immediately noticed that there was blood on the knuckles of his right hand. Oh my god. When officers ordered a pat-down, he was non-compliant and refused. Police then placed him under arrest, and when they searched him, they found a bloody brass knuckle folding knife in his oh pocket. Oh my fucking god! Where the fuck do you even get that? I had no idea. I didn't know that was a thing. But, like, who needs this? Like, actually, though. With literally no one. People who are out to cause trouble and want to fucking hurt other people. That's who needs this, apparently. Percent. Yeah. This should not be a thing. I'm not getting that to protect myself in a dark alley in New York. No. No. Also, like, 
for me, I you don't you want distance? If, if this is like a protection, quote unquote, bullshit thing, which it's not, don't you want distance between you and the perpetrator? You're not like get up in my space. I can like punch you with a brass knuckle. Like, no, no, literally. No, get the fuck. It's like I'm gonna mace you from down the hall. I'm gonna shoot you like from away. Get the fuck away from me. Correct. Yes. This should not be sold. Agreed. This should not be a thing. Agreed. As officers began checking the house, they found signs of forced entry at the back door, which looked as though it had been kicked in. Then, yep, this is where it's going to get real bad. Uh, okay. They then followed a trail of blood throughout the house, oh my God. leading to the bathroom, which also showed signs of forced entry. One of the officers who discovered the scene said, quote, there was blood everywhere, end uh. quote. And Clark County Prosecutor Jeremy Mull said, quote, it's worse than anything you'd see in a horror movie, end oh quote. Oh, God. Yeah. In the bathroom, officers found a bunch of tools on top of a tarp and a large <gasps> vinyl camping tent draped over the bathtub. <sighs> Underneath, they found... Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Just to interject uh, yeah. in the middle of this awfulness. Um, writings on the wall, obviously, as to what happened. Oh, but, yeah. Um, obviously. This concept of if I can't have them, nobody can. Yes, I dude. don't understand this. I don't understand this. I understand the like, I'm going to stay friends with my ex-boyfriend who I'm still in love with and maybe they'll like get back together with me because so yeah. how amazing I am. I understand that. I do not understand. We're not together anymore, so I have to kill you. I Yeah. And, may, and maybe it's a good thing that I don't understand that. Correct, I, it is. I because then you would want to kill boyfriend. people. Yes. I don't understand. And it's it's enough of a thing and it's enough of a thing that happens that lots of people do understand it. Yeah. Apparently. What the fuck? I fucking don't. If it like, yeah, if they don't want to be with you, like good riddance. Why would you want to be with them? Why would you want to be with somebody who just wanna be with you? Ten thousand percent. Seriously. That's Self-love, the most baby. attractive quality in someone is that they're into you. Yes. Yeah. Not you're forcing them to be with you. Yes. Because that they're they fear for their life. Yes. What the fuck? I didn't think we had to say this, but apparently, yes, we do. Yeah, apparently. That's where we're at as a society. That is where we're at. Yep. Underneath the vinyl camping tent, they found Tammy. She'd been stabbed over 25 times on her Uh. head, face, neck, Uh. and chest. Uh. Uh. Yeah. Her throat had been slit and the Uh. front of Tammy's skull had been crushed. A large part of her brain was missing, and police found brain tissue inside the bathtub and in trash cans oh inside the house. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Yes. Um, oh, I'm not even this, done. Oh, my God. Okay. Because I'm like, <laughs> if this is like the face, and this is super, I mean, obviously, this is all personal. Obviously. But like, this is beyond, I just need to kill you because you can't. No. I don't want anyone to have you. Like, yeah. This is, I need to disfigure you. And like, fuck you. Yes. So her chest had also been cut open and her heart had been removed. I know. And by the way, this is the point in the story where I put my little tagline that says it only gets worse so that I remind you that this is level one and it's only going to get worse. So as horrifying as all of that is... (laughs) Yeah, I'm you're not in shock right responding now. Responding because, like, Amy can obviously see me. That I literally am like curled in a ball, <laughs> jaw on the floor. She's not hands okay. Covering my face, and we're just like scratching the tip of the iceberg. Apparently, yep. as to how bad this is going to get. Yep. Uh, my next line is: "It only gets worse," and it's in bold. 
So, Oof. brace yourself. In the kitchen, police found a plate with what appeared to be skull no, bone no, and no, blood on it. No, no, no. On top no, of the stove. No, 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 Amy, no, no. Yes, I'm sorry. I know. Yes, I did this to you. I know. Yep, 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 yep. On top of the stove was a skillet and a pair of tongs with blood oh on the handle. After discovering the grisly scene inside, police asked the man who they had determined was Tammy's ex-boyfriend, Joseph Oberhansley, what had happened to Tammy. He claimed he didn't know, and after police brought him in for questioning, yes, literally, oh, wait, 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 I told you, you're going to be so infuriated by the end of this, like, you can't fucking even handle it. (laughs) Girl, it only gets worse. So... The police take him down for questioning, and he tells them that he returned to Tammy's house that morning after the police left. He parked his car several blocks away so she wouldn't see him and broke in through the back door. Tammy locked herself in the bathroom, but he kicked the door in, and after gaining entry to the bathroom, Joseph began stabbing Tammy repeatedly. After she was dead, he said he used an electric jigsaw to cut (gasps) open her skull then admitted to removing part of Tammy's brain and eating it raw. He then removed more of her brain, cooked it in a skillet in the kitchen, and proceeded to eat that as well. When police asked Joseph what the fuck had happened to Tammy's heart, he admitted to, yep, you guessed it, eating that too, as well as part of one of her lungs. Yes. Oh. Yes. Like, I'm traumatized for the rest of my fucking life. Fucking yes. Seriously. And, like, honestly, this is why it feels like it's so fucking personal. Like, it's so rare for a stranger to, like, break into your house and decide to kill you in such a violent way where they literally, like, eat your heart. That's some personal shit. That's some fucking, like, Personal as fuck. Yes. And, you know, it's even a thing of, like, because I remember reading many, many moons ago how, like, warriors used to, like, eat the hearts of, of or you know because almost um, like you got their power yes you, you got like, their, took their strength yes and then conversely then you have like you know the PETA people yeah people for the ethical treatment of animals saying that not the delicious bread when, Monique god damn it right I know <laughs> no PETA chips damn it okay no falafels and pitas um that that when you're scared you release like a hormone like a and yeah. The, basically, we are ingesting the fear of animals who are being slaughtered <gasps> when we eat stuff. So you have like these two that can't be chills. schools of thoughts. You that really are, creeped me out on that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And obviously, this person is so off the deep end. Oh, a hundred fucking percent. Yeah. But like. But I could see like how in his thought process brain. Yes. Of like, what is it? Is it she's with me forever now? Yes. Or like. Like, my heart belongs to her. Her heart belongs to me. Like, I can She's see. Yes. I can see, like, how he could convince himself yes. that this was, like, even maybe, like, romantic in his mind. He never says that. That's me. Sure. Obviously, like, making my own inferences. Sure, yes. But, oof. It's just I mean, so fucked up. It's so Keith personal. Keith Richards mm. snorted his dad's ashes. Which... That's a, that's a decision. It's a decision. That's a move. I mean, uh, you know. I'm not I like... remember having this conversation with my mother and she was like, that guy's messed up. He sniffed his dad's ashes. And I had to, this is where the like language barrier comes in. I was like, I had to be like, no, it's snorted. 
You don't so, yeah, sniff, sniff. You don't sniff cocaine, mother. You snort, you snort it, it. Thank very you. deliberately up your nose. Yeah. That is like <laughs> conversations I have with my mother. Keith Richards did not sniff his father's ashes. He snorted them like cocaine. Oh my god. Well, I remember there being somebody who was on my strange addiction, which that was their addiction, was they liked to eat their husband's ashes. And they literally like <gasps> carried his Yeah, they carried his urn around and literally she just like fucking dipped her fucking finger in it like it was a goddamn like fun stick and licked that fucking thing off yeah oh god yeah oh yeah your face is correct monique her hand is on her chest her one arm is up yeah yeah no you never are see this is why when you're like (laughs) you guys we got to get our lives together and get live shows happening so you can actually see i how what is actually happening here because I'm deeply horrified for the rest of my life, but I'm going to tell you, it's comedic gold physically. Yes, yes. Um, I just like, your reactions to the things I say are just so magical to me. Like, I just love it so much. I just, I love to be able to horrify you and I just like love to be able to shock you with some shit. Girl, you're fucking nailing it. Let me yes. tell you. See, this is gory. Yeah. Squid game, take a number. <laughs> oh, wait, you got a little corn syrup and fucking food coloring? Yeah weak i'm unimpressed this is actually i'm sorry i'm saying all this uh as a raging defense mechanism because i'm so fucking horrified uh, see correct. the laugh correct the yeah laugh. the uncomfortable exactly. laugh <laughs> defense mechanism <laughs> there you go oh facts all right you ready to get back into it i know it's rough yes okay yes i know and i'm not drinking today i know uh, i'm sorry which fuck i just have i'm just i was like if you want to pause downing my frappuccino I was like, do you want to pause so you can go run and put some Baileys in that bad boy? I'll fucking happy to pause for you. Girl, I would love to. I don't keep Baileys because it, I don't drink it fast enough and it curdles. It does. So. It's really, yeah, it's gross when it does that. You know. That's but smart. You're smart. I love the Irish. You know. Am I? I don't know. Yes. It's a day-to-day thing. Figure it out. That's how I feel about it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm having a good day. I'm feeling pretty smart yeah. today. And then I have days where I'm just like, wow, you are like. Yeah. <sighs> I took way too long to think about how to spell of. What's yes. Happening. Yes. Yeah. Where you're like, I just so, used a calculator to do basic math. <laughs> yeah. Just very basic math. Where you're like, that didn't that didn't require even yeah. looking at anything. You could have done that in ten <laughs> seconds in your brain if you just thought. Yeah. There's definitely a spectrum of it. Oof. You know. That's that we, we're we're sliding on moment to moment. <laughs> at least I am for sure. Yes, girl. Okay. So, back to the horror that is this story. God help us. Yes. So. He does his whole confession to the police. Police were able to recover both the jigsaw and the bloody jigsaw blade from inside the house. He was immediately placed under arrest and charged with murder, burglary, abuse of a corpse, and rape. Police said Joseph, quote, began to beat his chest while panting, end quote, when he was placed in a padded cell the day after his arrest. Yeah, yeah, it's just like... Is this like intentional? Like, guys, I'm crazy. I don't know. No one ever really like discussed that incident further. They just kind of like noted it, but nobody was like, he's clearly doing this as a cry for attention. Is there any information from people like who knew him who were like, yeah, he was always fucking weird? Or that, or is it this bullshit like he was such a great guy and we don't know what happened? So are we getting there? We're going to get there a little bit, okay. but I didn't get any like personal statements from people who had known him, but information will come out that will, uh-huh. yes, uh-huh. to make everything super clear and extra infuriating, obviously. Uh, yep. Okay. 
So in late 2017, Joseph was declared unfit to stand trial, but after more than a year in Indiana's Logansport State Hospital, that decision was overturned and he was declared mentally competent to stand trial in July 2019. Mm. While his Mm -hmm. lawyers wanted to use the insanity defense, Joseph was opposed. He believed it would admit guilt. Uh, Yeah, dude, because you're guilty as fuck. So, yes, you're going to seem guilty because you're super fucking guilty. When you tell the cop, I mean, here's the thing. I also understand that, like, false confessions are absolutely a thing. But when you tell the cops, like, yeah, this is what happened and I, like, ate her. Okay, thanks, bye. And you were in the house with your hands covered in blood. blood on your on you. And you, like, cops literally had to show up, like, uh, let's see, it was three in the morning, ten. Seven right hours. Before. Seven hours earlier, cops showed up to ask you to please leave the premises because you were harassing her. Yes. It's not a great look. Yeah. But he believed it would admit guilt and that it was unlikely to work. Prosecutors agreed not to seek the death penalty, only life in prison, in exchange for the exclusion of, quote, mental health defense evidence, end quote. So I believe what that basically means is that they were not going to seek the death penalty as long as they didn't bring up his, like, mental health. That he's, yes, very obviously mentally unwell. I'm assuming he was well enough to stand trial. So I'm understanding this because this sounds pretty ridiculous to me so the da is giving is basically doing a plea of we'll take death penalty off the table is this a da do you know if it's the da or the defense attorney who's it's like the prosecutor death penalty yeah. off the table the yeah. prosecutor is we'll take the death penalty off the table and we won't bring up the fact that he's fucking nuts i don't think it was that they couldn't bring up that he was nuts i think it's they were willing to take the death penalty off the table in exchange for the defense basically not presenting evidence that he was mentally unwell and basically trying to get him on an insanity defense. I think that was kind of the thing. So it's like, okay, you okay. say that he's competent and can stand trial and that he's not going to plead insanity. And then we will not, we'll take, we death will penalty not yes, okay. push for the death penalty. We okay. will push for life. I, I think is the case. Was not, that makes way more sense because I was like, I don't understand how any of this makes sense and how this deal. Is yes. Okay. It seemed a little Thank strange you. to me as well. And it seemed like a little like, almost like under the table deal situation, but that's I couldn't really find out. Though. Yeah. I couldn't really find that's out so much works. more information on it. So I'm, that's kind of what I'm taking the situation to be. While his trial officially began in August of 2019, it was declared a mistrial on the first day of testimony when one of Tammy's friends who was being called as a witness made references to Joseph's prior drug and criminal history, because generally the rules of evidence don't allow the mention of prior criminal history unless a specific exception is made. Okay, look, uh, I understand that's like quote unquote prejudicial, but oh, I know, but it's infuriating, and you're like, yeah, pattern of being this. They did this before, and I'm not allowed to say they did it before. Like, what the fuck? Uh, I have a problem with that. That's I feel like this person is has burned down 47 houses, and we're here talking about him burning down this house. He's like, I didn't. You're not allowed to be like, well, he has a pattern of burning down houses. He's actually That's been convicted before of burning down houses. Yeah, no, literally you can't. It's, it's fucking insane to it, me. It's pretty crazy, yes. But according to Joseph's attorney, Bart Bateau, there was only one statement about Joseph's drug use that was admitted into evidence. A part of his videotaped interview with police in which he says he smoked marijuana and used, quote unquote, a little meth the night before he killed Tim. Who doesn't? You know, casual. It's like Splenda. You just sprinkle it in. 
What the fuck are you talking about? A little meth. It's fucking ridiculous. It's so I mean, I do. I have been to Jeffersonville, Indiana, incidentally. I don't know. I was like, I thought for a second you were going to be like, I mean, I have done a little meth. And I was like, no, you haven't. <laughs> Monique, I, I know you. No. Absolutely have not. <laughs> if I have not smoked weed ever, I'm going to tell you I have never dabbled in meth. Just going to say. The squareness tracks. Oh, across my God. The um, I have been to Jeffersonville, Indiana. Have you really? Yeah. My my friend is uh, from there. Okay, my friend's from there, and she got married in Louisville, which is Kentucky, which is basically like a bridge away. Okay, it's all very close. She's from Jeffersonville, and I meth is a huge problem over there. Like it's a very very big problem over there. A lot of rural parts of America suffer from that because there's just it's easy to prey on those communities. Yeah, a lot of the work's gone, and yeah, yeah. it's tough. Yeah. Oh, it's the same as uh, in the Vanessa Gay story. Like all yeah. the work went, and then yeah, it's fucking patterns. Patterns. We see them sometimes because they're a thing. They are a thing. Okay. So in early September, a second attempt at a new trial was made, but the judge decided to cancel jury selection after the first day, so they could find a new county with prospective jurors who had not heard about the case in the interest of a fair trial, because. This is so fucking huge and crazy. Everyone's yeah. heard about it. So, like, to find enough people who Except haven't heard me, about apparently. this case. Yeah. And who, well, you weren't in Indiana at the time, so they would no. not have called you for jury selection, Monique. <laughs> um, they, it's, like, almost impossible for them to find somebody who hasn't heard of this trial and doesn't feel some type of way about it. Because yeah, it's of course. impossible not to feel some type of way about it. Like, this fucking yeah. is infuriating. A year later, in September 2020, Joseph Oberhansley's second trial began. During the trial, a forensic pathologist testified that the majority of Tammy's heart and a part of one of her lungs had been cut from her body and that there was a large section of Tammy's brain missing. I know. An autopsy had confirmed that the cause of death was multiple sharp force traumas to the head, neck, and torso. There was also extensive blunt force trauma as well as defensive wounds on her hand. Oh, my God. I know. In response to the defense's question regarding evidence of sexual assault, the pathologist said that no evidence had been discovered, but that signs of physical trauma were not always found in sexual assault cases. Nicole Hoffman, a forensic scientist and analyst at the Indiana State Police Laboratory, also took the stand to discuss evidence collected at the scene that had both Tammy and Joseph's DNA on it, including a knife, frying pan, jigsaw, kitchen tongs, dinner plate, and eating utensils as well as a shirt found on the bathroom floor. She testified that seminal fluid was found during an examination of Tammy's body and that at least one of the samples matched Joseph's DNA. While on the stand, Tammy's friends Sabrina Hall and Tessa Shepard both said Tammy was afraid of Joseph, that she had been happy when they first started dating, but that things had quickly taken a dark turn. Mm-hmm. Tessa said Tammy was even afraid that Joseph would show up at her job, which he did. Ugh. And even though they worked in a secured building, he was still able to get inside. Oh my god. Yep. Stop. Fucking infuriating. They then testified that Tammy had told them that Joseph had held her captive and raped her multiple times the weekend before she was killed and that she had just gone along with it to quote unquote keep the peace. Tessa said quote she was trying to get away from Joseph, but did not want to tip him off that she was leaving, end quote. I know, Monique, your face. So fucking infuriating. Yes. Uh, <sighs> I, uh, 
I know. There are no words. It's no, really. No, literally. I was like, I don't even know what the fuck to say. Like, and uh, here's the thing. Tammy was like kind of a fucking badass because yeah. I'm going to read the text that she sent to Joseph like after that whole thing went down. After when... her like weekend of being kidnapped and raped? Yes, literally. And she texted him, quote, you can choose to be in denial about what happened Saturday into Sunday. I won't be in denial. No one, and I mean no one, gets to terrify me like you did on Sunday. I will never forget as long as I live. I don't want to involve the police, but if you leave me no choice, that is what I will have to do. At the end of the day, I'm taking my life back. I worked too hard to get here. No one will take me down. End quote. Like, Ugh. this woman is not a fucking, like delicate flower yeah yeah she does she is putting this fucking man in his place and telling him to fuck off and like is doing the fucking nice thing of like i'm not trying to fucking start shit i'm just let's move on i'll forget about this horrible fucking thing and it's like you can't fucking do that like oh of the like i'm not gonna ruin your life because you're a fucking rapist and you're a fucking kidnapper like and and this is the things i get like yes fuck you but even that thought of, I don't want to ruin your life for the thing you did. Yeah, exactly. That your and life I deserves to be ruined over because you're hate that. fucking, yeah, gross. Because it's definitely a thing that has been kind of like subconsciously is like in the woman experience oh, of sure. like men behave badly. And instead of speaking up, it's like, well, I'm not, I don't want to start trouble. I don't want to make things bad for the person who did the bad thing. Yes, that they and should be bad for. And and it's a thing, like, I'm not blaming Tammy at all, obviously, but no, it's just God like, no. it's a, again, a pattern of behavior that you see very specifically commonly in women of this thing has been done to me by a man. I know if I come forward with the facts of what happened, this man's life will be ruined and it will quote unquote be my fault yeah. Because I, like, tattled on them, essentially. Yeah. And you're going to have to put yourself through, like, yes. intense scrutiny and interrogation and, and all this like, fucking shit well, and stress. Dating, so how do you know it wasn't consensual? Exactly. How do you know that you didn't, like, lead them on and turn them on and, like, let's just treat you like a whore because it was awful yes. thing that fucking Because I don't – apparently once you fuck a guy, he's just allowed to fuck you forever then after that. You Whether can't. you want to or not. Yeah. Apparently that's how things work. Apparently. No, no they fucking don't. Oh, but Tam, what a fucking queen, though. Yeah, no. It just, like, warms the cockles of my heart, even though the story is, like, so brutal and awful that, like, she – one, it, like, does prove, like, she was a genuinely nice person who was, like, trying to fucking look out for other people, even though this guy didn't fucking deserve to be looked out for. And, yeah. like – but that also she just, like, wasn't fucking taking his fucking shit and just being like, oh, no, please don't. I, yeah, I mean, leave me alone. Please don't come over. Like, no. She's like, fuck you. No one will take me down. Literally, all capital letters. You know, and and even though it's devastating, but the fact that she had defensive wounds was like, I'm not yeah. going down without a fight. Fuck yeah. you. Honestly, one of the things that really got me was the fact that the bathroom door was broken down, which meant she was yeah. she had literally been hiding in the bathroom. And it's he had literally to like, the scene in The Shining. Yeah. That we were yes. Just bring up. It's literally yes. that fucking scene. Like it genuinely gave me chills. Like it was really um, yeah. I can't even fucking imagine. I honestly can't even imagine. I know. I know. On the stand, Joseph claimed that his confession had been coerced and that he actually didn't kill Tammy. Fuck you! Yes. Go fuck yourself. 
He said he'd been suffering from head injuries at the time, and after being questioned for three hours by police, just said what he knew the cops wanted to hear. Mm. He claimed, okay, <laughs> if you thought you were infuriated before this moment, this is going to be, this is going to be extra for you. The table that this is on is like a folding table, so it's incredibly light. So I know if I flip this, like, this is gone. <laughs> yeah, don't flip <laughs> it. Do I'm bracing, I'm I preparing you right now. To not. Don't flip it. <laughs> even though that is what my brain will be yes. telling me like every siren will be going off like flip this fucking table Holy yes fuck. <laughs> do it now so he claimed that what actually happened was that he came back to tammy's house around four in the morning and there were quote unquote two black guys at tammy's oh, house fuck you yep yep the hardest eye roll to ever be fucking eye rolled. Seriously, dude. My eye roll Seriously, has yes. Like, <laughs> oh, but but I guess like they didn't have their DNA anywhere though, right? Yeah, There's no other DNA. Shocking, shocking that one. like yours was the only one all over the place. And again, like, uh, so these two black guys decided they needed to cut her chest open and eat her heart because that's kind of a weird thing to do for just like that's a very B&E. personal. Yeah, it's super fucking personal. Personal for a B and E. Yeah. And also, like, they didn't steal anything. Just Nope. 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 Yep. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Your theory has a lot of people. Holes, sir. Again, it's a thing that we see time and time again of how bad people are at this that it, I'm personally offended by. Yes. He said they saw him, knocked him out, and he remained unconscious oh. until the police oh. knocked at 10 a.m. Poor Quote, baby. So how does he have blood on his, hand, on his yeah, knuckles? Yeah, exactly. Quote, I was totally out of my head, end quote. Poor Uh, you. Yeah. And also, you're still fucking out of your head if you think anyone's going to believe this shit, because it's fucking so obviously bullshit. So at least the prosecution is not pulling any fucking punches, because they literally responded with, quote, we all know they didn't do that. We all know Joseph Oberhansley killed Tammy Blanton, end quote. Sure, Jan. Yes. That's basically what, like, the official statement should have been was, sure, Jan. (laughs) The stenographers over there, sure, Jan. Yeah, I mean, yes, correct. Just we all know that the that's... audacity, yes, Monique. is so outrageous. And here's the thing: oh, it's so outrageous. If you are going to be that heinous, heinous—that is like, the fucking word. Thank yes. you. Yes, and terrorize this woman and not be able to handle a breakup by like watching fucking like. Notting Hill and eating chocolate like the rest of us. Right? And or like do fuck this. somebody else. Jesus Christ. Fuck somebody else. Seriously. Do, like what whatever. am I gonna do besides this? Besides literally this one thing. And you do this. You don't just kill this woman. You terrorize her. You cannibalize her. It is the stuff of horror films. Yes. At least own it. At least be like, Thank yep, you. Yep. Fuck her. Uh, yep. She broke up with me and I was the best thing that happened to her and I needed to show her. Yep. At least have the Now she can't have decency. Yes. Yep. To fucking own it. Yep. Not be like, oh, it was two black guys. Was, yeah. Like, oh, I don't know. I just. And I was oh. so defenseless. I Like, fuck you. Oh, my fucking God. Oh, my God. It's so infuriating. Like, I thought I was already, like, at my max level of infuriation, like, when I was doing this until I got to this part. And then I was like, oh, no, I can go above that. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Rage knows no bounds. Uh, apparently, sure. yes. No. <laughs> the amount of rage that can be contained in my tiny body, Monique. <laughs> <laughs> you know. 
the, oh my the god she be she be small she be fierce <laughs> I'm, I'm very fierce right now uh so i fucking hate this guy and yeah he's trash and he's awful so fortunately the jury agreed and after just five hours of deliberation yeah. they found joseph Oberhansley guilty of murder and burglary but did find him not guilty of rape fine i'll take whatever. it. whatever fine if that great Yes. What, also, like, whatever you need to tell yourself, we know what Yeah, happened. exactly. Whatever. Fine. Yeah. Okay. You know. He was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole for the murder Bye. conviction and six years for the burglary, with Bye. the sentences running concurrently. As he left the court, though, <laughs> this absolute piece of shit felt the need to reiterate that it wasn't him who killed Tammy. It was two black guys. You racist murdering fuck. Blanton's mother said, quote, you're just pure evil, and you're lucky to be able to live out your life breathing. End quote. I mean, one, facts. Facts. Yeah. Two. Devastating. Devastating. Ugh. But like, Ugh. like his commitment to the fucking like the bullshit is just unreal. You know, there's a a great Richard Pryor movie uh, called The Toy, and there's a line in it that's absolutely wonderful where he's like i gotta pull my my pants up because the bullshit's getting thick <laughs> i mean that's great that's really great literally everything that came out of this dude's mouth yes it's just fucking bullshit I, besides the apparently is, the confession which was like the one time he was like yeah okay that's, that's totally yeah that's what i did i'm curious if like when he's saying this is he like i'm fucking nailing this like they totally buy it or does he know, like, I'm fucked. Like, the, I'm fucked six ways to Sunday. Ooh. Like, I, I, That's I, like, a good I question. What is the level of delusion this man has? I think it's pretty fucking high up there because if I remember correctly, one of the articles said that, like, he literally would, like, throw this in anytime he was, like, walked in front of reporters or anything. He'd be like, it wasn't me. It was two black guys. Like, literally every single time he, like, fucking had to bring it up. Literally, like, couldn't stop bringing it up. Nonstop. Yep. He probably thinks he's nailing it, to be fair. I mean... Uh, yes. You've left me speechless. I know. I, I, left myself, I left myself speechless with this one, honestly. Where I was like, usually I have like a lot of little like notes of like, I'm going to say this then. And I was just like, I have nothing to say. This is the fucking... It's so upsetting yeah. and it's so fucking crazy. And I fucking hate this guy so much. Um, well, that was fucking horrifying. It was fucking um, horrifying. It's not over. Oh my fuck! okay <laughs> monique it gets a little worse i like monique that was crazy but it wasn't like oh monique oh monique i'm sorry i did this to you i'm so sorry okay. i did this to you, you guys okay i feel really okay. bad i guys, feel really bad guys. now that i know where it's going on guys i need to give you a visual right now okay um okay currently amy and i'm recording separately so because i live in manhattan um i currently am recording in my closet so that the my skull bullshit and you know paraphernalia and clothes absorb the sound of the chaos that is hell's kitchen so i'm in the closet and amy can see all of my jackets and bullshit behind me and when she said it gets worse i literally grasped the side of the closet wall. <laughs> it's like she's like bracing herself <laughs> as if she literally like an anchor physically braced yep. myself and stuck and like buried my face in my hands because yep. I'm actually not emotionally prepared for any continuation of this this story of nightmares. Not emotionally prepared for this. I'm uh, not. So I'm just going to maintain this stance 
That's uh, probably wise. Um, and again, yeah. your level of infuriation on this one is going to skyrocket. So brace yourself. I'm like doing like Le Ma's breathing right now to get that's, through That's this. smart. Like, I think everyone should take a moment, do do, do some Lamaze breaths. That might take everyone uh, take everyone down here. Okay. So uh-huh. after the guilty verdicts were delivered, Joseph Oberhansley's prior crimes could finally be reported on. And guess the fuck what? Oh, was there a pattern of this kind of fucking bullshit that no one's allowed to fucking talk about? Is that is that what's going to come out, Amy? A hundred fucking percent. Turns out that in Utah on December 9th, 1998, when Joseph was just 18 years old, he shot and killed his 17-year-old girlfriend, Sabrina Elder, who had just given birth to their child a few days before, and then proceeded to shoot his mother in the back and himself in the head. He obviously survived because he went on to do this fucking horrible shit with a bullet in his frontal lobe, Monique. Yes, which knowing what we know about fucking frontal lobe injuries now, I'm going to say was a fucking problem this whole fucking time. It wasn't How fucking great. the fuck was this guy released? Out? Thank How you. the fuck? I don't understand. I don't understand this. How the fuck is this guy out? How? I have no idea. He pleaded guilty in 2000 to manslaughter and attempted murder and spent over 10 years in a Utah prison. But That's after serving enough. his time... That is not the fuck enough. Correct. Was released on parole in 2012. Although he was Two still... Two years later. This yep. is where the fuck we're at. Although he was still on parole, Joseph was also facing additional felony charges for strangling a man at a bar in the summer of 2014 in Clark County. So Joseph was out on bail when he murdered Tammy, and believe it or not, she was the person who bailed him out. Oh, honey. And adding insult to injury, his bail was only set at $5,000, which means it only cost him 500 bucks to get him out of jail. So he was literally on parole and out on bail at the time of Tammy's murder. Yep. While he should have been. Someone, I know someone who got a DUI and their bail was set at 10 grand. Yeah. And like, I'm not, I'm not downplaying that. No. Because that's horrifying and you should never fucking drive drunk, especially when there's like cabs and Ubers. It's fucking ridiculous. And you're irresponsible as fuck. So that means he had to shell out a thousand dollars. Yeah. And this dude is physically assaulting people and trying to murder them, like, for real, real. Not like conceptually of like, you could murder someone if you're driving drunk. Yeah. And his, he, they all have to shell out 500 bucks. Yes. Because get this. At my most broke. I have $500 available. Yes, correct. Because get this, Clark County Chief Deputy Prosecutor Jeremy Mull said a mistake between the court and the prosecutor's office allowed his bond to be reduced from $25,000 to $5,000. Yep, I know. I told you your fucking level of infuriation was going to be bad on this one. So, understandably so, Tammy's friends believe her murder could have been prevented and that because the system failed have. her. Yes. In every fucking possible way. Yes. A hundred fucking percent. my dick. Are you kidding me? It's fucking what the fuck? so infuriating. I just, oh, it fucking gets me so bad. One of her friends said, quote, there were too many signs. She was too brave. I don't know why she was so brave to even go back to her house. Changing the locks isn't enough for a man like that. End quote. Oh. 
I know. A family member said of Oberhansley, quote, there's no remorse. There's nothing but evil, end quote. The same family member lamented that he had taken the life of a funny person the family all loved and had also killed the spirit of several family members. Ugh. Tammy's mother said she always tried to help others and believed that her daughter wanted to help Oberhansley. Yep. The same family member from before said, quote, Tammy Joe couldn't fix you. You are a monster. End quote. I mean, facts. Correct. At her memorial, Tammy's family asked that expressions of sympathy be made to the Center for Women and Families. And that, I know... I'm sorry I did this to you guys, but that is the story of the murder of Tammy Joe Blanton. I mean... I know. By the fucking awful piece of shit, Joseph fucking Oberhansley, and I fucking hate him. Yeah. Absolutely. <sighs> like, I don't understand how he was out. I don't understand I, I how don't he understand was out. It. All of this could have been so easily prevented, and like... I just don't understand. I just don't understand. There's, There's so many parts I, of this that are so fucking infuriating. And I've never been arrested. I've never been on parole. I, but from what I understand, like, there are many people this has to go through. Yes. Like, are, yeah. is everyone just slacking on their job? Like, no one is like, hey, what the fuck? Like, like hi, I actually thing? don't think this guy is rehabilitated and he should probably be under continued, care yeah, continued mental health watch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm literally speechless. Well, then I've done my job correctly, Monique. I mean, you did. Uh, but again, happy I'm also... October. Happy October. I'm sorry I did this to all of you. Um, yeah. But it's a really fucking tragic case, and I feel like sometimes... Especially when they, like, come from, like, the rural middle America, that not all these cases don't always get the most press yeah. and coverage. So I think it's important that we bring this to people's attention. For sure. Uh, although Nancy Grace apparently did cover this in an episode of her podcast. I didn't listen to it because I... You can't handle that much streaming? I, thank you! I was like, I kind of yeah. can't handle Nancy Grace, and then I, like, feel she's like... She's a lot. lot. Yeah. She's a lot. Yeah. She's a lot for like, me. So, uh, no, I did yeah. not listen to it, but... I feel, like, fucked up when I agree with her on things, because she's just, like... <laughs> I can understand that. Objectively a bad person. I can understand but, that. Well, she's like, the devil's dancing on yeah. Kaylee's grave. I'm like... Oh I mean, God. I hear you, but girl. And it's fucked up because, like, her story is actually really fucking compelling. Um, for those of you who don't know, she was, I think she was studying to be like a teacher, and in college, her fucking boyfriend was murdered. Her fiance, oh, rather, shit. was murdered. Yeah, her fiance was murdered. And then that left an indelible impression on her, obviously, that she changed her life and went to criminal justice and became a, a lawyer, like an attorney, a prosecutor. You know what? I actually did not know that, Monique, and I yeah. really enjoyed that. That's crazy. You're welcome. Yeah. So, like, I get it, but she's a lot. I yeah. mean, also, like, I understand she's, like, she's a TV show. She's a personality. Yes. You know, she's got to make the ratings. Yes. Um, She's a lot. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you, like, can understand why I, like, didn't listen to the podcast. No, yes. no, no. I, no. <laughs> Even, I like, like, really thought about it, and I was like, I'm, I'm just going to That breathe. I'll watch. I'm yeah. like, I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do this to myself. Yep. That was horrifying. I know. Uh, Yours was really scary, too. This is a really intense episode. It's an intense episode. Everyone have a Thank drink. Thank you for it. Yeah. Because I've never heard of it, and I definitely think it's an important story, and it's definitely important of, like, you know, I remember I remember reading a thing once about, like, if you're being physically attacked, like, don't play fair. Oh, yeah. Like, 
Like, don't, like, uh, you know, like, the eyes, like, any sort of vulnerable spot. Yeah, go for it. Eyes, balls, like, like, throat. Yeah. fair. And when it's something like this, don't play fair. Like, don't, like, don't be like, well, I'm not going to report you to the police. No. Like, as long as you leave me alone. Like, fucking call the police. All of the things. Yep. All of the things. Like, get that motherfucker. Because they are preying on the fact that you're a good person. Yes. And it's fucking terrible. And it's fucked that this is the way the world is. Yes. Um... Since Amy doesn't have any cute animal facts to palate cleanse this, uh, I do have, I don't have an animal fact, but I was yesterday years old when I found out that Ace of Bases Don't Turn Around is a Tina Turner cover. What? Yeah. It's a B-side. I Tina had Turner. no idea. Yeah. I went to go see the, the Tina Turner Broadway show. Oh, yeah. How and, was that? Uh, it was good. Okay. Um, you know, the actress who plays Tina is better than the show. Okay. Because basically they're they're trying to cover too much. It's her life. Yeah. So they're covering way too much ground for the amount of time they have. And then on top of that, they're singing. Okay. So that's taking up time. So there's like, they're not really, there's not enough time to like land on something to like have it have emotional impact. That's emotional manipulation, Monique. Right. It's emotional <laughs> manipulation. I know. I've learned that. <laughs> but so it's, it's a, a good portion of them are Tina Turner songs where the songs in it. Uh, and then there's original songs. So they start singing Don't Turn Around. And I was like, oh, like, what? Is this like a jukebox musical? Are we doing like just all random yeah. Tina and Who Gives a Fuck? No. Tina originally recorded that song as a B-side. And then other people covered it. I had no idea. That's fucking crazy. Mind blown. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. She also covered uh, I Can't Stand the Rain. What? Yeah. Damn. So that's in, that's in the musical too. That's awesome. Uh, that sounds great. Which to me, because I'm like not classy, I just know that as I know that Missy Elliott sampled it. Yes. Super Duper Fly. Missy fucking Elliott. What a queen. Oh my God. She's so fucking amazing. That's one of those I have to see in concert. I oh am, my God, girl. My soul demands it. I mean, if she's coming and like you see tickets or something, hit a bitty up. I'll go with you. It's fucking done. Yeah. Like it's uh, done. Yes. Absolutely. That's like my go-to when I like want to get fucking yeah. rowdy before going out. Like that's my go-to. I'm really hot. Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Oh Fuck yeah, Miss my Yelly. god. Oh. Oh, the early aughts. Yes. They're kind of the best for the music. <sighs> I really so enjoyed good. it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Amy, thank you so much for that horrifying story. Thank you for uh, your horrifying story. You're welcome. Happy October, kids. Thank you. I have to go drink immediately. Literally soon. <laughs> It doesn't hurt that I work at a bar. Yes. I just need to go pound (laughs) shots of tequila right now to live with my life. Guys, thanks so much for listening. If you don't already, follow us on the gram at Another Fucking Horror Podcast. You can find me at Pinup Romo. You can find me at Lobotomy, and that's Lobot period Amy. Every sixth episode, we do a True Listener Tales episode where we read your crazy stories that you send us. Uh, And you don't have to wait till the sixth episode or sixth week to send us your story. Just... We have a rolling email folder. So you can email us at another fucking horror podcast at gmail.com with a period instead of the you and fucking. If you liked us, please tell your friends. Please rate, review, and subscribe. The more reviews we get, the more visibility we get, and then we can get advertisers and sponsors, and then we can leave our jobs and just dedicate ourselves to telling you these horrifying stories that make you want to drink. <laughs> Guys, we're so obsessed with you. Keep it cute. Keep it creepy. Bye. Bye.